When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When the spawn meets world. What up, bros? What up, bros? Why do you make that so long? <laughs> I'm milking it. Welcome <laughs> to Bra Meets World. When it's Bra Meets World. Your boy Meets World Farm Calls. I'm Siege. I am Tony Coitus. How are you, sir? Mr. Coitus. Uh, we, speaking of Coitus, we had the privilege. Had the joy, some would say, mm. to watch the latest release, Joyride, just came out in theaters. Uh, so excited. I, continuing our summer movie series. Continuing uh, our summer movie series. We watched Joyride, and it was a joy. It was a ride. And we have an episode on it. But I will say this will not be like our regular uh, episode. We did less of a recap this time, and we did more of an interview. Um, we more have of a, a conversation, more of like an, yeah. a, a class discussion, if you will. Class discussion episode. Yeah, I'm really excited. We're continuing our summer movie series. We had seen the trailer for Joyride a while ago, and yes. we got really excited about it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm really excited about the representation, like between uh, the blackening and this, the fact that like the funniest movies I've seen all year involve just like focusing in on the details of the lives of people of color. Like, what a summer, bro. Like, absolutely. I mean, we got Little Mermaid, we got Spider Man. Like, we're out here, yo. We, we we're out like, here. And we have color of representing. Yeah, totally. We're and doing we're, so good. And like, I was really uh, excited to see this movie and uh, and talk to you about it, obviously, because uh, it's one of those movies that I fought for this movie. And I want, I want it on record. I fought for us to do this movie because I, like, A, I assumed just from the trailer that it would be something worth talking about. But also, I watched it and I was like, man, this movie deserves to be shared. But I just didn't feel comfortable doing it all alone. And that's it. It's like when you said, hey, let's do this movie. I was like, oh, I, I'm down to do this movie, but I don't feel like I have all of the perspective needed to have the conversation that I want to have. But then you were just like, yo, what if I'm able to get someone who can add a little bit better perspective to the conversation? And that changed things quite a bit. Uh, Marmar, uh, Marmar, Marmar Nisa 2022 is what Mm -hmm. she's now at on TikTok. Yep. Uh, She is a uh, Asian American content creator who is killing it on TikTok right now. And when you sent me her- thousand followers already (laughs) yeah she's doing a fantastic job of specifically analyzing movies and television and just pop culture in general so when you were like hey we got her i was like dope now we can have this conversation absolutely so let's uh not waste any more time you guys we enjoyed the movie we suggest that you check out the movie but after you do listen to our conversation with marmar welcome marmar hello hello. thank you for having me Thank you for coming on. Um, so happy we know that this was very last minute. We actually, we found you. Uh, I was raving about um, Joyride on mm. Threads. And I was like, we need to have a guest. T and I talked about this. We were like, we enjoyed the movie. But I was like, I do not feel comfortable enough <laughs> speaking to this movie without getting all of the like nuances that this movie clearly had that I didn't get. 
Uh, sure. But nonetheless, I was like, this movie deserves to be talked about because we absolutely enjoy it. What is what's your journey with Joyride? Oh wow! Um, honestly, like what I think once when this movie came out, it was very kind of just refreshing to kind of just see three Asian actors kind of in a raunchy comedy. I was like, wait, I have never seen this before and then it just obviously piqued my interest and then once like you know the promotions and the marketing started rolling out and the first trailer dropped it was just like it, it was kind of lightning in a bottle in a sense I was like wow like just right out the gates like it was just like they did not hold back and then they were just so just all in and then I was just obsessed with that and obviously even more obsessed with just the representation of this movie and kind of seeing at least Asian female characters in a way that we haven't really seen them portrayed which is just messy chaotic um just horny as fuck i, I can swear yeah no absolutely <laughs> go, this go is the podcast for that yeah. <laughs> but yeah it was just like uh, just so like just authentically like just raw in that in regard oh, yes. it was Love just it. so nice and so refreshing to see so i was just so excited to have this movie and then um it's just i personally have seen it twice already and i just can't stop talking about this movie and i'm going to see it a third time tomorrow so love it you're watching this yeah absolutely all right so again you came recommended to us by someone um and we were so glad that you said yes tell our listeners a little bit about you what you do and like why you would be a good person to talk about this movie yeah, so obviously my name is Marmar. Um, as you guys said, yeah, I go by Marmar Yusa on TikTok, Instagram. I do have a letterbox and serialize too for TV reviews if you guys want to follow me there. But I just, overall just love talking about like my favorite movies and TV shows and just providing just media commentary through just my perspective, which is I am an Asian American woman. And so I, in many ways, can just kind of pull from my experiences of how I see certain media through those lenses. And then, you know, just offering a different POV or viewpoint in certain discourse and conversations about the media that we consume. So um, that's why I think Joyride, for me at least, is something that I, I feel like I feel myself being seen on screen in many ways. So it's nice to have that movie and have that movie be like, you know, representing different facets of myself and different people in our community. So. Absolutely. It was funny when I saw the trailer, I was very much like, Oh, they're doing girls trip, but with yes. an Asian cast. And I was like, I like, at first I was like, I love that uh, Asian Americans, Asians in general, get like their version of this story. I don't think I've seen it before. Mm -hmm. And I was really excited to watch it. But also after a while, I just enjoyed the movie for what it was. Like, again, I felt like very much, I think uh, in one of your movies, you said that they kind of rolled this out with the blackening. And I was like, very similarly, yeah. where it's like, yes, it's made for a very specific culture, but mm -hmm. it also it can be enjoyed by anyone. Exactly. It's a great balance of doing both, like where it still has universal themes and emotions that anyone can really like, resonate with can like you know tugs on your heartstrings but at the same time can make you just like laugh out loud like just rolling in the theater um but at the same time like there's certain you know things that like can speak to certain people from different communities on a level that makes it even funnier as I said like, it's yeah. so funny but like you know like it, it speaks to that community a little bit deeper which is incredible and we obviously love seeing that kind of representation on this big scope and scale what I love about this movie is that, like, you know, uh, Siege mentioned, like, there's a little bit of girls trip in there. There's a little bit of hangover. There's a little bit of even, like, super bad that I got, um, mm -hmm. you know, but what at the base of it is a very, uh, you know, authentic story about, you know, uh, a 
Chinese, well, quote unquote, uh, Chinese <laughs> yeah. adopted baby yeah. Yeah. looking for her birth mother in a mm -hmm. homeland that she's never been to before. Yeah. And that is something where it's like, you can't put a Seth Rogen, you can't put a, yeah. you know, uh, even like a Queen Latifah in this film that's so specific to mm -hmm. the origin in a way that I feel is respectful, but also brings into, um, brings in all the humor of all of those other elements rolled into it as well. Oh, definitely. I think it's, I've seen a lot of reviews where it was, it's like, it's a story that we are, it's like a common story or like not a common story, but like a story that we are familiar with was, you know, those like buddy road trip stories, yeah. but just taking that, but, and kind of giving a refreshing, like culturally specific in many ways, like twist to it. That is again, like still has a good balance that anyone can find some sort of laughter and some sort of thing to like connect with in this movie, which yeah, it's amazing. And but Seth Rogen, the fact that he is the producer on this movie, I think just makes it even better. That's why I think you get the super bad and we get all of those kind of elements that we love from those 2000s, 2010s comedies and then like kind of just being more relevant. Yeah, so. absolutely. I, I, I got Euro trip from this, mm -hmm. uh, which is like, and I felt like this movie was a love letter to those type of movies, yeah. like the kind of raunchy 2000s comedies. Like it felt very inspired by that. And I, I, like laughed out loud i love that this movie was like not afraid to go there on yeah. any level whether it was race or gender or whatever it was it was like we're here to have fun mm -hmm. and this movie was just fun i cannot tell you like my theater was laughing the entire time I'm this so is a glad. very yeah. funny script <laughs> And, and much like my experience in watching uh, The Blackening, where there was inside jokes that I was laughing at that other people in the theater weren't, multiple mm -hmm. times there were inside jokes that I went over my head that the Asian uh, crew next to me were dying laughing over. And I <laughs> love that. I love yeah. that it was just like, I don't need something. I don't need to get everything. Yes. I love that there are things that are so authentic that it, it doesn't need to be for me. It can be for them because it's not for me. And I, I can appreciate that. I love that you said that too. Like, and then, yeah, even with the, when I, I also personally watched the Blackening too. And I think I love that it can speak to different communities on different levels. And yeah, like it's, I love that it's like an understanding of like, not everything's for me. Not every piece of media is for me. So, but I can respect that there are certain things that other people are going to enjoy more than I will. I can still have enjoyment and find things that I can resonate with, but other things that I can respect, be, you know, just not center myself in that. And yeah, I've I've awesome. never been on a private plane, but I watch yeah. Succession. So like, yeah. <laughs> like certain things you could just enjoy because of the like the overall human yes. experience of it. And I thought this one was like really great. Like the idea of being a person with a foot in both worlds. Yeah. Um, I was like, oh, I get that. The idea of with um Audrey, what I love is there's a moment in the movie where she is kind of like confronted literally by racism. And she decides at that moment that she's going to be better. She's going to be the best version that she can be in order to like prove something to them. And I was like, relatable content. Yeah, <laughs> exceptionalism, like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yes. And then the idea of like, uh, at a different point in time, Lolo just being like, look, I am who I am and I'm not trying to be anybody else. I was like, I also can relate to that of like yeah. having a, oh, now that I know who I am, this is me and you either like that or you don't. Like, I really, again, like, I felt like a lot of these characters that we were seeing um, were good representations that you don't get to see very often, but are very common. Yeah, totally agree. Who, who do you guys feel like is the character you relate to the most in the movie? Ooh, okay, okay, okay. I, I have my answer now, but like, yeah. <laughs> okay, All right, I can go first. Um, Honestly, I, speaking of Audrey, I think I 
relate to Audrey on like the most in terms of just feeling like I always have to prove myself to other people in spaces that don't look like me. And I think that was even like just straight out the gate, like they, this movie told you that this is the type of person. And the reason why I relate to it so much is because with just a, the Asian community and the model minority myth, I think it were very upfront with like, yeah, like she, they're the only two Asian people in their town. Yep. And for Audrey to having to feel like I need to fit in, I need to assimilate to this kind of culture in order to be accepted in this space was incredibly relatable, especially for, I mean, for anyone really just like wanting to feel accepted in other places, in different places. And then for her to, I mean, she even mentioned too, when going to China and it's like, oh my God, I, everyone looks like me here. And kind of having that culture shock, even though she looked like on the surface looks like them, yeah. but like, like lifestyle wise and like her background and everything, it's just, yeah, it's couldn't like night and day in, the, in that regard. Absolutely. All right, really quickly, I just want to like, do a rundown of the cast while we're talking about these characters. Uh, we get Ashley Park, who plays Audrey. Again, she's like kind of like the uptight one who is going back. She's going to China for both work and then also the possibility of finding her birth mother. Um, then we get Sherry Cola, who is Lolo. This is her um, Chinese-American friend who is Chinese through and through, but also like authentically herself. Then we get Sabrina Wu, who plays Deadeye, which is Lolo's cousin. Um, and uh, a K-pop fan. She just kind of is going along for the ride. And then Stephanie Shu, is that how we said it? Yeah. Stephanie Shu, who plays Kat, which is Audrey's college roommate, now a Chinese soap opera uh, star. Uh, so mm -hmm. those are- She's Like a film star. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. now, now. <laughs> also, by the way, I wanted to like run through this a little bit so we can like see which one we felt the most with. But this is like our pre-spoiler conversation. We have to have a spoiler-filled conversation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because this movie is just, I'm so excited to talk about it. All right, but T, which which one of the characters did you relate to the most? Oh, you know, I agree. I, I think Audrey's the one I relate to the most. Um, you know, it obviously uh, not in this, the specificity of her character being half a like Asian and raised by white people, but I am, you know, half black and half Spanish. And so I've talked to you about this, how like for Spanish people, I'm never Spanish enough from black people. I never feel black enough. And there always feels like there isn't a place where I can just be accepted for who I am. And so I related really strongly to her. Like at one point, she just kind of like says that point blank. Like I'm just, I'm never enough of one for the other. And it's so frustrating. And I I just really strongly related to that. So um, yeah, her, and I, I have to be honest, like, there's a part of Lolo that like is my spirit animal. Well. <laughs> it's just like it's the chaos. It's the I don't give a fuck. It's the like I'm just gonna do what I do. Like I I I want to be Lola. I want to be her, but it doesn't feel as uh, as natural. What about you? I will say that like I have like it feels very Sex in the City in the sense of like mm -hmm. I've been each one of these at one point in time mm -hmm. and I would say like growing up I was an Audrey and it was very much like I wanted to present a specific way uh, and then uh, I moved into a cat which to me cat is like the halfway point between Lolo and Audrey in the sense that like she has like a crazy past and all this other stuff but she like wants to present in a very specific way now and I think that I I was like reverse where it was like I was really like I grew up in a Christian household and I wanted to present as I'm gay but I'm not that version of gay and you know like I was very much just like 
a controlled chaos is how I wanted to see it. But like, you give me two or three drinks, and I'm a whole other person. Yeah. Uh, and a that butthole was... full of cocaine. You're a different. <laughs> a butthole full of cocaine, and I'm completely different. Uh, and then uh, now I feel like I relate most to Lolo. Like I just felt like Lolo was just like, "Hey, I'm authentically myself from the very beginning." Uh, and this isn't a spoiler because it's like in the trailer when that kid says something to her and like Audrey's very like taken aback and uh, Lolo's just like fuck you and it punches him the whole theater was like your parents did it right and so (laughs) I um, was really impressed with the character dynamics like the friendships that were Mm -hmm. that we were introduced to the backgrounds to them but also the evolution of all the friendships too I loved how um we humanized Deadeye throughout the movie and how Deadeye starts as being this very just like wild card character but ends up uh you realize just like maybe just being on the spectrum perhaps or just like just you know what I mean just just being just like (laughs) tragically misunderstood in a way that was like really like uh I don't know something easy to relate to I definitely like Deadeye as well too and like their like arc too and then I'm also glad that they kind of accommodate not accommodate but like you know Sabrina Wu is non-binary and then having um Deadeye you know at the spoiler sorry <laughs> like, but like just you know I mean just um being able to have Sabrina Wu like be a character that is also who they are as well so I think I like that evolution as well and they coming into their own as well too and then being able to be accepted I guess not just accepted in the group but also for the other like girls to just you know like just include that dead eye and like having them be their full authentic self as well too being a k-pop stan and all so it was great like they brought also so much great levity to the to this movie as well too it was they're, they're amazing yeah that's what i loved about uh dead eye's character because dead eye was brought in um like even my husband was like oh wow i like that they were non-binary and i like that like they didn't shy away from it it's not like plastered everywhere but it's like it's very obvious and they respect that character for what it is and they create like a full person whose identity isn't that like it like their non-binariness is not their defining trait Mm -hmm. uh there's so much more going on and like that inclusivity that um representation i just like i I love seeing and i was like i'm glad that movies like this exist i really love uh the evolution of cat storyline as well like just this person who is trying so hard to look like on the surface that they have their stuff together that they're not chaotic that you know they've moved on past these years where they were kind of a shit show but barely holding it together in the same way like I, you know, I feel like this movie is asking for all the characters to accept their authentic self in a way. And I feel like, you know, her journey to accepting her past and herself for who she is, um, it kind of mirrors that acceptance journey that we see with Audrey and um, uh, even even Lolo a little bit as well, because you kind of see that she's kind of uh, second guessing herself in the beginning of the movie, whereas towards the end, she's really willing to just like take take the steps needed for her dreams. So also, like, I like the conversation with... um... Ronnie Chang's character, Chow, which is the mm-hmm. um, the business person that Audrey's trying to get work from, is they have this conversation where Chow's like, how can I work with you if you don't know who you are? And I kind of really appreciate that. Like this idea of like, no, if I'm going to be working with you, I need to know who you are. But 
you don't know who you are. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that comes to, you know, that comes out to uh, play a bigger role at the end. And I was like, oh yeah, I actually do think that that's good business in reality. It's like, oh, you want to work with someone, but if you have an identity crisis halfway through this, that's going to affect me. Mm-hmm. I mean, just just on a business perspective. I don't know. When I saw that, I was just like, leave my mama out of this, bro. Like, <laughs> let me, just sign this paperwork so I can go home. Like, why are you doing this to me? <laughs> Uh, well, because it said, you know, um, I also like this movie talks about community. We are very um, individualistic in the Western culture. And I do like, like there, are, it has its ups and its downs uh, in Eastern, but Eastern culture is very community minded. And like this idea of the people you surround yourself also influence you and influence your decisions, influence how you do business. Um, I Again, I, I just like the lessons that that brings up because it's something that we as a culture, the Western culture, need to be reminded of. Not everything is about you. Yeah. So. Marmar, uh, I have a question for you. Um, you know, you kind of mentioned that, you know, you hadn't really seen Asian women portrayed like they were in this film with the raunchiness, Mm -hmm. with the cursing, with the sexuality. Was there anything about this that was, uh, that you were able to connect to? Anything that you felt liberated by? Like, was there any moment where you were just like, wow, I'm so glad they threw that in there for us? Wait, are we doing spoilers? Yes. Okay, 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 okay. (laughs) So this went out, just so you know, go see uh, Joyride. We really enjoyed it. We will be having a spoiler-filled conversation because I'm ready for this. Okay, Marmar, go. Oh gosh, um, I think there are different, like several moments. I think where it's just like, wow, I'm glad they kind of show. It's more, I think, just how what they showcase too was just, you know, like, um, I think one thing I can, I think, is like at least on the for the Asian like men, just being able to kind of like be sexualized and be less yeah. over, especially just with the history of just specifically Asian men and how they are always like just asexual or just not desirable and so to just kind of just see all these men kind of just walk onto your screen and then just you're just kind of like just taken aback and then absolutely and then all all (laughs) of them just going ham on each other (laughs) i love that you said that Uh, tony can tell you in my notes there's a whole section that just says men and i i'm so glad you mentioned it because i have been waiting to talk about let i'm gonna list off some some male characters here you get desmond kyle i think it is who plays clarence who is uh audrey's fiance and he comes on screen and it's just like it's oh yeah cat sorry it's cat's fiance and he's just on screen and it's just like hands down his body i'm like yes that's what we're here for (laughs) This this is your role and you're doing it well. You're doing beautiful, sweetie. Uh, then we get Alexander Hodge, who plays Todd, mm-hmm. who also is Asian Bay on Insecure. Yes. And again, I was like, come on, Asian Bay, getting multiple roles <laughs> up here, looking good. Uh, he let his hair down and I was like, I'm yours. Whatever, <laughs> just take it. Take whatever you want. Um, and then we get Rohan Aurora, Aurora uh-huh. who plays Arvind. And also Ronnie, oh, sorry, um, Chris Pang, who mm-hmm. plays Kenny. And those are the two in the threesome. And I had to, I knew where we were going because we went <laughs> from the individual mindset to the collective. And I was like, I see where you're going. I see those breadcrumbs and I'm following you there. Um, but yeah. And then also Ronnie, Ronnie Chang, I mean, who plays Chow. In the movie, they're like, he can get it. I'm like, honestly, he can. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who, I'll say this. Who was your favorite of these men? Because I, I just needed to talk about these men for a minute. <laughs> I would say um, just 
Chris Pang, I'm I'm blanking on the name already. What was um the other the South South Asian man? Oh, uh, Rohan. Rohan, yes, right, yeah. Rohan and Chris, I mean, especially Rohan. I think when he got on screen, I like was just like took my breath away. I was like, I like banged my, I was like like hitting my friend. I'm like, who is that? Who is? <laughs> and I'm like, right, like after the movie ended, I was like, Instagram, where I need to find. Yeah, <laughs> that like what you said is so important because I was like, I love that we are getting more. Asian heartthrobs like yeah. it's not a secret to say that uh, Western media doesn't really promote Asian men as sexy and mm -hmm. this movie was like we'll show you sexy and I was like please do yeah. um and also have these men everywhere I want to see them everywhere I want to see them all the time and I also like that like as much as I love Henry Gold and um Simi yeah yeah exactly I was just gonna say like there are several that we can use, but I'm like that it's not the same ones. I like that we're getting yeah. new ones and diverse ones. And I liked that uh, with Chris, I don't know if he actually is, but like they had him being Australian. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I love like this uh, diversity even within the Asian community. Mm -hmm. There's uh, a lot of that throughout the film that I really appreciate it because I know this about Spanish culture, which is that like, you know, I, I was like, oh, we're Spanish, but it's like, no, but you're, <laughs> I'm Mexican. She's Colombian. I was just like, is there a difference? Like, I don't know. We're just the same. There is a difference. No, and in this movie, very big difference. They, they have that moment as well where they kind of talk about the differences amongst the Asian community. And again, it looks like a peek behind the curtain. It's just like from a Western, like, you know, America being very black, white, Spanish centric, we really don't have these conversations in our media. And I was just really appreciating the, the authenticity of it all. Yeah, I loved, to me, I thought it was funny that that whole scene where they're talking about the different types of Asian, yes. not only is it like just, like the theater was laughing. And then again, in one of those ways where I'm like, should y'all be laughing? But either way, we all having fun and it's good. <laughs> um, but um, also the idea that the movie constantly says, Americans don't know the difference. So the fact that that later comes out to be like one of the key threads in this movie, I enjoyed so much. Cause I was like, we don't know for us. Asian is just one thing. And the idea that she would go like, are you trying to get us canceled? That's Korean. That's a whole different yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. no specific like um, details or what also had me like just laughing. Cause like, I just, that hit really diff yeah, differently. Um, especially when you know those like dynamics of the different types of like you know East Asian, Southeast Asian, and then South Asian, and then like like how they interact with one another too, and they're able to show that and like not in, not just an educational sense, but also just in a comedic way that mm -hmm. people can kind of just grasp and be like oh, okay, I see what I see the dynamics, I see how you guys are operating. Um, but yeah, um, T, going back to your first question about like just and going back to like I think just with like Asian like women and how we also represented in a way that can be like very po like different like opposite ends like, like just being very hypersexualized but at the same time also like just um seeing us like as like just less than human but it was also nice seeing how how much agency these like women had especially in terms yes. of sexuality a hundred percent able to like just like insert you know just be assertive in like their like just these sexual like um relationships that they have like they were just going all in it was just nice also seeing that kind of agency and liberation and independence that they had they're like you know what we have one night i'm gonna go, go all in and just like have fun and like break a few backs break a few hips and break, like, everybody got stuff. wrecked that night literally yeah. i, I literally. loved it again i was like i need more of this content like the i like the whole threesome scene 
is just pure fun. Like yeah. it is fun. It is campy. Like everyone is having a good time. But also I like the idea of like you were seeing each character's night uh, at the exact same time. So everyone's having it like their own version of a good time. Mm -hmm. And that means for Deadeye, that's something completely different yeah. than what it is for Lolo. But I also love what Lolo is doing with Bear Me. Uh, yes. Like their whole dynamic and everything, everything felt earned. Everything felt authentic. Even um, cats like trying not to have sex was were, again they were pet repressed so badly yeah, that she yeah. to it, it, like it all worked for me and i i it was a great great scene and and marmar i'm so glad you said what you did about the agency because that was one of the major things that i noticed too was just that these women felt so comfortable they felt real they felt like friends of mine they didn't feel like uh like character caricatures of Asian culture that I've seen portrayed in media in the past. Like you said, like sometimes you have these hypersexual, uh, maybe even like these almost geisha themes are these like sookie sookie long time, like all that bullshit. Like, and then on the opposite end, you have these, you know, Asian women portrayed in media where they're almost like they're too bashful to even consider, you know, being aggressive about sex. Whereas these women just owned it in such a way in such a comfortable way that I'm like yeah I'm rooting for all of you to get laid I'm rooting for yes. all of you to do all of these things yes let the cocaine bubble explode in your butthole and let's make this happen like I'm rooting for it I want this for you um exactly. but yeah it was just really easy to just like root for like I you know um I, at no point in the movie did it feel like even the audience was like sex shaming anyone in the film oh, like yeah. everyone was kind of on board with it because I, I think of it again like the way they owned it as, as actors mm -hmm. to your point with Lolo I was like Lolo is sexually charged but she's also like all about sexual liberation and sexual ex mm -hmm. acceptance and it's not like she's just like the sex fiend it's more of like she has a message that she wants to convey and she wants people to feel liberated and um able to enjoy themselves and I like that the taking of like this woman who could be a cliche and could be something that uh, would be gross to look at is actually just so welcoming and you want her to have as good of a time as anyone else and you understand her in a way that you feel like even her close friends don't understand her and that like that's really good acting the relationship they have you with uh with bear is it yeah. Um, you would think that as soon as they get into the hotel room, they're just going to be on top of each other. But to your point, they're talking about her dreams. They're yeah. talking about what she loves. And it's not something you would guess based off of how she's, you know, uh, so sexually uh, aggressive throughout the beginning of the film. But it's kind of just it's part of her. It's not all of mm -hmm. her. And I love that. There are two more things I want to say. One is this idea of every character's lifestyle being um fought for and validated like there are times where i, I love with dead eyes character where she goes you know why i like k-pop because k-pop loves me back and you're like oh my god that's, that's i felt it also made me like a audrey uh, approached it in a with genuine curiosity when she was do you know why i love k-pop and audrey was like no i actually don't why and then she gave her explanation you're like oh i'd never want to take this away from you if this yeah. is what you have um, but then also with um, Kat's character, who's been lying to her fiance this entire time and pretending to be someone she's not, 
when Audrey like calls her out for it, Lolo's like, you don't get to shame her for her decisions. Yeah. You don't like you don't get to do that. If that's what she wanted to do for her life, that's yeah. what she's allowed to do. And you support her as a friend. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yes, more of this, more of no one here's life decisions are better than the others. Everyone here has a valid reason for living and experiencing the way that they are. I love that. Yeah. Oh, I 100% agree too. I think, yeah, it's just nice to know that. I mean, obviously there's character development throughout this movie, but at the same time, yeah, like while at the same time, they're still holding true to who they are and having the, like, and wanting their friends to also, like, you know, just respect that this is their life's choices as well too, while still, you know, growing together. I like that balance. Yeah. yeah. Also, the other part was the casual racism throughout the film that like it's constantly addressed like whether it's like the idea of audrey's boss saying like all like they feel like they're saying all the right things and she's just like you just gotta roll with it like that's just what you gotta do when you're dealing with white people uh (laughs) which i really enjoyed but then also um like the racism within the groups like the idea which i did not know Mm -hmm. that the moment they find out that uh spoiler again if you've been listening this far uh, Audrey is not Chinese. She's Korean. And the entire mm-hmm. Chinese family mm-hmm. is just like, oh, mm-hmm. never mind. I was like, oh, I didn't even know it was like that. But like the fact that it is, it's very telling. It's very, it's- yeah. I, I mean, just a little bit. And so, yeah, it's definitely, it's just, I think, you know, just the homogeneity of it all, but also just like, I think we all, I mean, every culture is different. different, and it, it, That speaks to obviously different, like, you know, just I'm sure the Hispanic community and like Black community, like there's different, like, you know, sections of like, um, there is communities within that so i think just again knowing like those dynamics and like it, it, you, it you resonate with that more and like it, them thinking that she's chinese but she's a beautiful chinese you know there's like a, just like seeing how beautiful she is by their standards and then realizing that she's korean and then yeah like having that kind of like switch and yeah. then even when they even said to like um which i laughed way hard because i also have japanese where they're like at least she's not japanese and no. i was like oh. <laughs> Just with the history, just the political history of just Japan. That's why it was just like again, like those levels of like you wouldn't get it until you unless you kind of really knew that. But yeah, even then, like seeing that comedic lens was great. Well, story wise, it's still really strong, even if you don't understand all yeah. of the complexities behind it. The reason being is that you see Audrey being hesitant to try to connect with her with her mom, hesitant to connect with her country, um, to feel as though she's comfortable in this place surrounded by Asians. She feels like a fish out of water in a, in a way that is uncalled for, that she kind of comes to reconcile with. So by the time she learns that she's Korean and not Chinese, she has embrace Chinese culture and she is finally on board being like you know what I didn't realize how much I wanted a homeland I wanted a community I wanted to be around people like me and then for her to get all of that and then instantly it get seemingly taken away from her again it's it's heartbreaking and again you don't have to understand the complexities but understanding it adds extra layers to it yes I agree I, I actually like I don't know did either of you catch that twist coming because I actually I caught it only because they kept repeating Americans don't know the difference. And when they said that right mm-hmm. before, I was like, wait a minute. Like, like my like my uh viewer hat just like, hold on. This is something they keep saying that people can't tell the difference between different ones. And mm-hmm. the moment the adoption agency was like, Yeah, they used to send the girls back and forth to Korea, my mind was like, Oh my God. I, I didn't predict the Korea <laughs> twist. I did predict yeah. her, the mom being dead and yeah. her oh, connecting yeah. with whatever family was was left mm. from that. 
Uh, also, like when I wanted to talk about casual racism or even like uh, internalized racism, the idea that Audrey again is someone who's like when they're on the train and they're looking at each car she's like oh not these people they're all sketchy but the one white girl she's like oh we we're safe here and it's like this girl is clearly on coke very clearly on something and you chose this one only because she's white and you thought it was the safest option and not only was it not the safest option the moment the police came into question the white girl who forced you into this situation. She white girl. Yep. Yep. She white girl all over y'all. <laughs> she white girl. She literally, like the fact that they were like, well, we'll just tell them that we had nothing to do with it. And she goes, I was yeah. like, yo, I didn't see that coming. White people shysty. Like, yeah. <laughs> and again, to your point, when the police show up, they're like, she's like, wasn't me. It was them. Yeah. I'm just a white American. <laughs> Again, tweaking off her ass, but has all the audacity <laughs> to blame them. I but have to. Oh, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Oh, sorry. I think it's, I mean, it's interesting because I know, like, even like when they question or like ask Audrey, like, how can you even like think that like this was the safer cart over literally other Asian people? And I think it's even going back to just her background, like, it just, she was pulling from her background of like always being in these spaces where she is like the only Asian person amongst white people. So for her, like, like I think it was just the, subconsciously like oh like I'm gonna be with someone that I know like I am more comfortable with I've been around with more and not realizing those yeah like just kind of the social setting of it all and like um and then way that like Lolo, Kat and like Deadeye are probably like no I don't think this is safe or like they have that level of understanding so it was like interesting it was so many like different like levels to that scene and it just and overall was still funny so and it, it's a it's a really a commentary too because I mean she has white parents so the faces mm-hmm, that she's known to it. trust her whole life yeah. are white faces, yeah. but it's kind of again you know what does it mean to take someone with brown skin and plop them in the middle mm. of an all white town like what does that do to them and is that something that families should consider and you know I I love that they found another Asian family to you know be friends with her that's a great step but clearly it wasn't enough to make her comfortable in her own skin. Mm-hmm. so beautifully said also that brings up like something that I thought about with the movie which is this idea of a I think you talked about it the idea of like being a person of color who's in white spaces for a lot of the time and then being placed in an area where it's just people like you like that feeling is different it is like a breath of fresh air you're just like oh I didn't know that I was keeping something from myself um so i like that that was visually there and well i think that just white supremacy is just so apparent (laughs) and everywhere especially where we live that to comprehend being in a space that isn't overwhelmed by whiteness uh i I mean for all brown people i think it's a shakeup for sure absolutely um and then i the idea of at one point in time in the movie um audrey goes to lolo and is like if we weren't the only two Asian people in this class we would not be friends and A I was like ouch but I was also like I mean like are we are we lying is it's like yeah. is this a lie so mm-hmm. yeah I don't I don't know it was uh, again I just really appreciate this movie for not shying away from those moments well what I also love is that Audrey even has that moment where she starts questioning herself of like you know, would I have strived to be the exceptional Asian? 
if I wasn't put into a place where I was pointed at as the other, which is another kind of great commentary on, on you know, the the feeling of, you know, you have to become the best of the best in order to make it in a white world. Like it's, it's a lot of pressure. And so, um, you know, kind of talking on that and her not being able to separate her identity from her trauma, I just thought was really interesting. Mm. Right. Come on with the layered conversation. (laughs) (laughs) This movie. Okay. Here's some, here's a fun thing. What was the the, your biggest laugh throughout the film because it isn't like a, a hilarious movie like we we're talking about bigger dramatic stuff but it's a funny film oh gosh i think a lot of it probably was dead eye and like dead eye is great. from dead eye and cat i think um i think cat. i think cat especially with what just what transpired <laughs> after the k-pop dance that was just like i just Gasp! Like, Where we see the inside of her vagina. <laughs> yes, we do. The, the pussy tat. Tie. I love the name pussy tat. I thought that was amazing. A great band name, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, um, what? Do you have a biggest laugh? Uh, so I I can't remember. It has to be tied between uh the threesome because again that was just, that entire sequence was just very fun. And then also the reveal after um, the K-pop dance because uh, them singing Wet Ass Pussy in general was like fun and the changing of the lyrics and making like all of this, I was like, oh, this feels K-pop in the best ways. Mm -hmm. But then for it to end the way that it did again and then for Clarence to show up, all the pieces were there for me. I just had a really good time. Um, I agree. I agree with all of you. I I loved all of those scenes. I have to say that train sequence really was the one that had me when she just blew cocaine on them and said, this is your problem now. And they were just like, Hey, there's two ways we can do this. You can either play or you can hide what you got to pick one. What's it going to be? And just that moment of just, you were just having a comfortable ride with your friends. And now all of a sudden you're just like, am I putting something in my ass right now? Do I, is that what's happening? Like just that whole thing, uh, the predicament of it was just really. I also, speaking of the drugs, I think, I think Stephanie, this is a testament to Stephanie Shu's just acting, like just her talent is so superior. Like when that cocaine, but like just bursted Yes. And her, her face was you just knew what happened before laughing <laughs> just like how she's just struggling to just and the fact that it was said earlier where it's like cocaine makes me horny and then that's when you knew and then and then everything just the pieces everything was a setup where alex alex hodge's character comes in and then you're just like oh no and you're just like <laughs> the moment great. he todd showed up you're like oh girl but again i i really liked that she didn't have sex with Todd. Yeah. That would have been a very easy way for them to go. Yeah. And instead, they actually had they, her they flirt back. around it. <laughs> they flirted around it. But I'm just saying, like, there's she- a vibrator involved. <laughs> hey, hey, we're not talking about what counts. We're talking about <laughs> the Different area that- codes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, okay, I had a question. It's gonna kind of like wrap us up with the movie. What was what's your favorite like group trip movie? Like again, we've been talking about this movie. Like, what is your favorite? I think I mean my go I think the go-to obviously for me be Hangover or Okay, okay. Um obviously girls trip I mean, yeah, like the quintessential ones, girls trip, bridesmaids. Um I this movie makes me want to watch more of that genre. Just yeah, yeah, genre yeah. it's just so fun. Like it's just it's just so fun. It doesn't take stuff too seriously. Um 
But I think those three were all, of course, are I, also, based, that's my favorite. I'll say Bridesmaids as well. I think that's a good one. Bridesmaids is a really good one. And this, like, they kind of have parallels in the sense that, like, it's both raunchy, but you also have heart and yeah. and you have story art, which you don't always get yeah. um, with these. And um, conflict within the, the internal friend group, jealousy and yes. overcoming all of that self-absorption, like all of that being kind of directed at. And yeah, just actually calling out your friend. Like, I like I love a good like friend road trip movie where like at some point in time you examine the friendship. Mm-hmm. Where you're like, we like yes. are we friends? Are mm-hmm. are is this just something that we've been doing? And like you don't always get that. Um, yeah. you know, uh I'm, I'm after I said all of that, my answer is not what it should be, which is just Euro trip. I mentioned it earlier. <laughs> I find that one so funny and ridiculous and it's like the one i quote the most but uh i was getting a lot of girl trip vibe from this and i forgot about bridesmaids you know seth rogan produced this he also produced super bad which is a premise about two best friends who have different paths in life and one of them is holding back that they might be moving and living with another friend and they don't find that out until later in the film i was like seth did this happen to you bro (laughs) it had to have right is this trauma let's explore Lastly, Marmar, I want to ask you, uh, as you know, we do, we are Bro Meets World, we do the Boy Meets World fan cast. Um, what's your history and relationship with Boy Meets World? Like, give, so, give a little. I think every year um, I have to watch, It's I know it's not a Halloween episode in that sense, we but it's it a Halloween episode, <laughs> and to me, like, it's the, like, that the Halloween episode with Sean and like him. I think it just And then there was Sean. It's what it's and called. then there was Sean. That's what it was. I, I absolutely love that episode and just what transpires through. Obviously just like playing into all the scream and I know what you did last summer, like tropes. Speaking mm-hmm. of that movie, obviously Jennifer Love Hewitt's in it. And it was, I think, dating I think Will Ferrell yep, at that time. Does. So yep. that mm-hmm. made it, it that was I think just like the stars aligning there. Um that was such a fun episode. Um, I think when I watched it growing up, that actually generally made me scared. It was a very, it was scary to me a little bit. Like it growing really up, was. Yeah, there was a, like horror elements were just played so well for a children's show. So, um, yeah, that's. I we love talk that. about that episode all the time. It just it has a, it has a life of its own. Like even separate from it the does. series, that episode just is a standalone that works. And it's really upsetting that, like, whoever wrote that didn't do more, or, like, the cast didn't do more of it. It's so iconic of an episode. And the well, we've learned that they've tried and they failed to recreate it. Yeah, absolutely they tried and they failed, Mm. but I'm just like, I don't feel like it was the same writer, was it? I I don't know. The the one who did the Truman Show episode, I think, was different, but... Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You know, Marmar, I do have one last question for you, and it's not Boy Meets were related, but, uh, you know, you were saying earlier that you rarely see movies where you feel like there's an authentic Asian representation. I was wondering if you could maybe share with our listeners some movies or shows that you feel like do an excellent job at representation. Um, Ooh, put me on the spot here. Um, oh, gosh. Um, I mean, a go-to, I will always say, is everything, everywhere, all at once. Mm. And I think it's just because, I think not just of the, it's, I think the, Asian immigrant experience, but also just the, the in terms of the generational like differences, like between Michelle Yeoh's character and of course Stephanie Shu's character as well too, being you know a child of immigrants and trying to find her own like footing, and then like ha- still having conflicts with her mother on like that identity crisis. Um, I think Stephanie Shu's character, um, Jobu Tupaki, like I think it's a incredibly representative of just someone who doesn't have their shit together 
and it's like just trying to like navigate the world and like just you know just like on the back of her own trauma and just trying to figure out who she is i think that's a everything everywhere for sure i think right now american born chinese a few um it's on disney plus right now i think that also has i i love michelle yo and i love stephanie shu <laughs> but i think the latest one that that, that's out, kind of like an everything everywhere at once reunion it really is yeah. keith Wan's also in it like yeah. i think they just like they just put every, they put the game back together in, in american born chinese but that one also is like good at balance i think just um balancing the american born aspect of american born chinese mm. where it's like you know just being like asian american and just navigating the world and also through like just like these kids are in middle school so it's set like like these like teenagers um this chinese american boy who it kind of gets wrapped up in the mystical it's kind of like wendy Coming warrior yeah with um american dragon jake long that's how I, i've described it and it's a that's what i was thinking thing. of yeah 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 and it's that's American born Chinese. And I think if you love those that those two pieces of media growing up as I did, I think you would like American born Chinese as well, too. It's a it's also refreshed for, I guess, like, you know, the it's more relevant to today's like standards as well, too. Sure, so sure. I, I I wanted to check that out forever. It like literally is like in my uh what is it called? Your list or whatever on Disney Plus, because I just felt like I fell in love with um everything everything everywhere all at once last year and then to see so much of the cast was involved i was like i, I definitely want to check this one out um t had his last question I, we should let you go but i have one more <laughs> which is like you just brought it up and it made me think of it um when was the first time you i would say felt represented on television like we always talk about the fact that we got into boy meets world because like it we identified and we connected with it and we we're like this isn't like it's not of a uh a black boy but mm -hmm. like, something about like having that curly hair and like not feeling like everyone else yeah. just really it really hit for us but we didn't see ourselves on television mm -hmm. represented until years later um do you have like a, a a moment where you like felt reflected on tv our movies our movies oh gosh um i'm glad that you said boy meets world it's just because just not like just in, in terms of like surface level just being able to kind of connect with those characters on that level of like i like I'm not just being at yeah, service level, but also just who you are in, the, in that identity. Oh gosh, I would say I mean I was a Disney Channel like girly growing up as well too. So I would say like one of the like the shows that truly resonated with me would be like Lizzie McGuire or like Kim I Possible. Knew it. And I, I knew it. <laughs> Lizzie, Lizzie was that girl. <laughs> she was. I think I mean it was just like being able to just I mean I relate to the awkwardness of Lizzie McGuire and her navigating middle school, and it kind of just felt there's a lot of comfort and like um solace and just knowing that okay I don't need to have all of my stuff together when I get into middle school and just like being able to make mistakes and like you know just be awkward and like you know like like what I like and have these friendships and then Kim Possible is one of those where I just think they just idolized her life and just wanting to like like I mean she's a cheerleader but she also fought crime which was something that like, <laughs> yeah, could, you can have it all um but I think just also just her ambition and just her ability to like her selflessness and wanting to help others also was something that um, was truly inspiring too. And I also would say Wendy Wu Homecoming Warrior as well too. Like Brenda Song is like That's the blueprint for me. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I love uh, those answers. First, I just thought of it while you heard it say, which is Lizzie McGuire was like the Carrie Bradshaw for mm -hmm. tweens like she really was she was I, like, I was thinking of it as she's lizzie was kind of like the girl equivalent of Corey matthews in a way in yes. terms of going to school and being awkward like she she was 
before Girl Meets World, I think that that's probably yes. the, the closest thing to like a girl version of Boy Meets World in a lot of ways. I completely agree. That's that's mm-hmm. a very good way of putting that. Thank you so much, Marmar. Is there anything else you want to tell our listeners? Anything else that they should know? Anything you want to promote? Anywhere they can find you? Oh, yes. Um, yeah, so I am Marmarisa on TikTok, Instagram, as well as Serialize and Letterboxd. I'm also on Threads. <laughs> hey. <laughs> day two, day three. Um, so, yeah, yeah, right. Just, Love the early adapters. Like, just trying to navigate that as, like, amongst the other 10 million that I'm doing the app. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah, check me out anywhere there. Um, just ranting and just overanalyzing everything that I love. So, uh, and all honestly, we appreciate you. And then also, we would love to have you on for like a different yeah. episode. Um, in general, I again, I went through and I stalked you on TikTok and I saw you cover everything, girl. So, yeah. uh, definitely yeah. let me know. Yeah, I would always be happy to be talking to anyone basically about anything, all yeah. these movies and TV shows. So, yeah, but it was so nice to meet you both. Yeah, TC yeah. and Speech. So, yeah, till we meet again. Can we meet again? Thank you so much. Bye. I enjoyed that. That was so much fun. Honestly, she brought, I'm so glad that we got her. She added so much to the conversation and you're right. We definitely need to have her back because she clearly knows what the hell she's talking about with with movies and everything. She did. And then also, like, I feel like, as you said, she brought in a perspective that was so important when you're talking about a movie like this. Like, uh, as we always say, uh, we are two people of color and we can't speak for everyone. So it was really nice to have someone else to be able to come on, give a voice to the Asian uh, American community. And also uh, I encourage more, more podcasts to do this. Like I know that we were hesitant because we couldn't. And it's just like, well, people are out there, you know, like, well, also like- I think it adds to our conversation because yeah, we could have talked about this movie and we would have been talking about it from our perspective and our worldview and our history. And like, we would not have had just the, the insight of someone who lives the culture and Absolutely. It, it, it's just, it, it makes it a richer experience for us and our conversation. And I hope it adds more, uh, you know, for our listeners to, to think about when they're watching the movie or talking about it. Absolutely. I remember uh, I was listening to one podcast and they were like, um, we specifically, they were a very white podcast and they were like, well, we wanted to do this one black movie, but we didn't really have anyone to bring on. And then if we did, we didn't want them to be brought on just for a black movie. And I was like, all right, well then have them on for more than the black movie. It's like, yeah. it's, it's not that hard. And like, I hope that more content creators do the same where it's just like, you know, take that chance, invite people. They're out there. They're making content. You just yeah. got to find them. You got to do a little bit of work. And so. you guys can see that we are not shy about reaching out to content creators, people of color who are out there creating and doing their thing. If we like what they have on, we're like, yo, come, let's let's get you on the pod. Let's talk. So, um, you know, we're definitely doing our part to just try to encourage more diversity. And uh, we, we hope that we see more of it, like you said, because I, I really truthfully feel like these two movies, uh, The Blackening and Joyride, um, the highlights of the summer in terms of comedies absolutely so please uh if you have recommendations for us send them our way you can mm-hmm. reach out to us at brum meets world on all the places uh email us at brum meets world at gmail.com um you guys check us out we appreciate you so much buy our merch subscribe to our youtube do all the things uh other than that i feel like we can ask them to dream please dream Maybe we should also ask them to try. You should try again in the words of Aaliyah. Uh, <laughs> and maybe we they should also do good. You know what? I, I say you do good. Okay. All right. All right. So all right. guys, you got your assignment. Dream, try, do good.
Later, run. Later, boom. You can just hit end. <laughs> when the spawn meets world.